0: Good morning. Welcome to Simply Remarkable. We're so glad you joined us. This show was hosted by Remarkable, a speakers bureau. And today, I'm Sue Falcone hosting you on our conversation today. I'm the CEO and founder of Remarkable. Now, why did we do this show? We did this show for you. We wanted you to know our speakers and our talent that we represent at Remarkable. Personally, just like we do. And you never know, you might be looking for that special person at your next event, and we've got them right here for you. So, again, thank you for coming, and our chat line is open. We hope that you will join us, give us a shout out, any questions, any comments. We just like to know you're there, but we also know that you are there. You just don't tell us, and that's okay too because you want to make sure that you're involved here, and we do too. So we are ready to welcome our remarkable guest today. And he is an international suicide prevention speaker and expert. He's a mental health comedian, also 11 time TEDx talker. Whoa. He's an MC award-winning author, a certified virtual presenter in 10 languages, and added to his career, he's a speaker coach as well. Let's welcome the remarkable Frank King.
1: Yay! You know, there was some confusion, Sue. I thought the show was simple and remarkable, which that, I it's simply Remarkable. (laughs)
0: Hey, we can make it work either way.
1: Yeah. Delighted to be here.
0: Well, great. We're glad to have you. And where are you coming to us from?
1: I am in my living room. I know that's not what you're asking. I, I am in just outside of Eugene, Oregon. And before I forget, in February, I'm coming to Hickory, North Carolina. Uh, There's a new TEDx competitor called Speak Events, and they're going to throw one in Hickory in February. So I'll keep you posted as to when I'm going to be
0: nearby. Yay. Can't wait. I'm an hour or so away from there, so I ought to be able to just scramble over there.
1: I think you should.
0: Yes, by all means. Thank you for that plug. Hey, and we'll investigate all that. But today we're talking about several things in your career. And we've only got 30 minutes. We could go on forever, couldn't we? We could. And I want to clarify a question that's been asked to me first. And I said, oh, the host gets to answer questions too? Yeah. Okay, I guess I better clarify this. First of all, they said, Sue, why do you always wear a hat? I said, well, you won't see me without one. I said, yes, I've loved hats since I was a kid, but... It's a requirement now because I'm allergic to the sun and I'm allergic to light. Now, that is a big thing to have to deal with. And I've had my face reconstructed twice. I don't want a third time. So I wear hats. And yeah, they're getting a little bigger because we want to make sure with these bright lights that we have here in the studio that I get, keep protected. So that's the question to that. And then, yes, it is fall season in North Carolina, and almost everybody is coughing and sniffing and can't talk. That's just the nature until we get adjusted to all the leaves down and everything. So the voice today, it's a little shaky, but hey, Frank's going to be the main one anyway, so I don't have to do that much. Really? So, Frank, let's get started. We've got a fun time ready. So let me ask you this where did you grow up and who was the most influential person in your life?
1: I was born and raised, or as my mother would say, born and reared in Raleigh, North Carolina. I uh, school, school, uh, went to college at Chapel Hill, UNC Chapel Hill. Uh, the most influential person in my life was my mother, in fact. Um, she, when I was four years old, I think, I said to her at uh, bath time, can I be a police officer? And she said, honey, you can do anything you put your mind to. And I said to her, could I grow hair on my chest? And she said, well, you don't give it enough time. And then I flipped it on her, Sue, you know, kid, kid logic. I said, could you? Well, she said, you know, I suppose, given enough time. But what I didn't realize, Sue, was that not everybody's parent tells them over and over, you can do anything you put your mind to my my ex-wife as she was becoming my ex-wife a lovely woman but she said to me what makes you think you can do stand-up comedy i said because my mama said i could do anything i put my mind to and my ex-wife actually said out loud i hate she told you that what well it wasn't her vision for me for us so that's why she's my ex-wife too. but i would say my mother and my dad died at the age of 40. this is in the mid 60s 1960s and my mother raised myself and my sister you know, There's worse things than having one really good
0: parent. Exactly. Wow. So you started out having fun. I can see you were laughing in the bathtub with your mom. I mean, yes. well, I'll tell you, this is where the laughter comes from. This is where the laughter comes from. This is where the creative comes from. So thank you for sharing that. And you know, our parents do have an influence, and parents of today have to realize. It's a forever influence. Yes. So that's that's our, our message today. That's our key message. Now, Frank, today it seems like more than ever, we have been talking about mental health, mm-hmm. thanks to you and many like you. But can you give us some tips today? Because it doesn't seem like we're getting the simple enough information of how can we maintain good mental health with everything we are being faced with in this world today?
1: Well, and my takeaway, my action item for the audience is that I believe everybody needs a self-care plan. Uh, whether, you ha- whether you're neurotypical or you're neurodiverse, you need a self-care plan. My uh, Mine is five parts, and I tell the audience this. Uh, diet, I'm on the keto diet, and I do intermittent fasting. Exercise, try to exercise at least six days a week. Good night's sleep is restorative. It always worries me when somebody goes, I can get bound three hours sleep. You know, I, uh, I'd much rather hear you say, I got a solid eight hours last night. So diet, exercise, good night's sleep, meditation. I do a guided meditation on an MP3 after each meal twice a day. And then uh, a little bit of medication. And uh, also, I believe you should have a schedule. And stick to it. I uh, get up same time, go to bed same time, you know, exercise same time, binge whites, Netflix, same time. So scheduling is very important. And that's what I share with the audience as a takeaway. You know, the meeting planners have told me what we want for you, Frank, is we want the next logical step for the audience. And that's that's the action item or takeaway.
0: Whoa. That sounds great because guess what? We just went, I mean, I've lost a lot of weight in my lifetime, but my husband has always been thin and he's never had to do any special thing, but now he needs to, and we're on keto. So it was like, yeah, yeah, we are working out and we, I went to, uh, we have a workout program in our training center that we've invited other ladies to, and we're even doing weightlifting. Oh which boy. I have never done in my lifetime, but
1: well, know. I I actually have done four bodybuilding contests, masters over sixty. Um, can't tell when I'm dressed, Sue. So I've threatened to write a book called "Undressed for Success: Look Good Naked."
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure whether I'm too far gone there or not, but hey, we'll see. <laughs> this will be great. So those are great tips thank you for sharing that mm-hmm. because this is key we've got to see get people focused to make this thing simple enough simple enough now frank you hold the world record i know for tedx talks with 11. yep Tell us what is the advantage that you can share of doing a tedx Is it for everybody or is it just for speakers? I've even heard that companies are sending all their team and employees to go do a TEDx talk. I'm like, okay, what's this deal about TEDx talks?
1: Well, I'm I'm doing number 11 day after tomorrow in uh, in Monroe, Washington, which is in the uh, Seattle metro area. And I... You know, I I teach landing and leveraging a TEDx as well as make money speaking. And people ask me, can you, you know, if if I get a TEDx, is it going to get me booked to speak? I cannot draw a straight line from a TEDx, any of them, to a speech. However, you know, speaker booking. However, it's a credibility stage. It says that somebody somewhere, a third party, thought your idea was spectacular enough to put you on the bill. And, you know, TEDx is one idea worth spreading. One. Each of my TEDx's are one aspect of mental health, mental illness, suicide prevention, or other. So there, you know, my backstory is always the same, but the, the other two thirds of it, it's another idea wrapped around mental health. Now, if you do a TEDx, of course, on your homepage, on your website, you should have a picture of yourself standing in front of those big red letters. And it makes a really sweet addition to your sizzle reel, you know, slice and dice it and put it in your, so, you know, I think if you have a TEDx and you're up against the speaker, same topic, and they don't have a TEDx, I would hope that you would have a leg up. So I think I think it's just a great marketing tool. Yeah, I think some speakers have the misimpression that as soon as a TEDx goes up on YouTube, the world will be the path to their door. No, you have to be a little more proactive, I do believe, and I, I, I tell my speakers that.
0: That sounds great because you're right. It still takes hard work, doesn't it?
1: Yes, it, it does. One
0: part of it but
1: yes. And you God. know what? So people ask me about my job as a speaker. I said, well, you know what? I'm not really a speaker. I'm a sales and marketing guy who speaks. I spend 85% of my time in sales and marketing, 5% writing, 5% traveling and 5% the fun part speaking. So I tell, I tell my potential clients or students, look, if you, if, you, if you're averse to sales, if that's not your thing, I might just keep my day job because there's a lot of selling going on in speaking.
0: That is true. And not only in speaking, I think people don't see that in almost in any career. Mm-hmm. It's sales. Yep. They don't like to say that word, <laughs> you know.
1: Too salesy.
0: Yeah. You know, and I'm like, well, what do you, can we invent another word? I don't know. <laughs> But, you know, it's like, yeah, you do have to sell yourself. When you go look for any kind of work or job, you know, I mean, think about it. You know, uh, our broadcast director, Lisa, who's great and fabulous at this. Look, she has to do that, too. She has to show her talent. So thanks for making that distinction of, yeah, we're not there to sell you on the latest, greatest.
1: No Bye-bye. and. I tell my speakers, look, A, I think you need to pick a lane. Become the expert or thought leader in one thing, and in my case, suicide prevention. B, find four to six ideal client groups, people who have a problem that your keynote can solve. In my case, I chose the top six at-risk occupations for suicide in the U.S. Those are the only people I market to. I don't do the spray and pray. I don't need everybody. I just need, you know, the smallest viable number of those to maintain, you know, to to maintain my business. And then if you are selecting, if you pick a lane and select your ideal clients carefully, and then you work association engagements, which is all I do pretty much. You know, if I do a construction association conference, the room is full of, wait for it, construction companies who all have the same problem that I'm up there talking about. So you're getting paid essentially to showcase for all these corporations in the audience who can book you on the spot. That's, that's kind of my formula with my clients. You need to fish where the fish are.
0: That is so true. That is so true. And a lot of speakers or a lot of people don't realize that because it can apply, you know, to out there, what you're doing.
1: Any entrepreneur. Yeah. I think you need to do one thing, do it well and then figure out who your ideal clients are and serve them well.
0: We're trying, we're doing our best to make this simple today. All, everyone out there, we're doing our best because we know it works. We've been at this, both of us, a lot longer than you probably have. So guess what? We know what works. Now, let me ask you, you said on your TEDx, you mainly focus on mental illness and everything, you know, the suicide prevention, everything around it. Is there any other topics that you bring in with that? that relate to that?
1: Well, that's what I tell my speaker client, Sue. Let's say I quote my fee of $7,500 or whatever to the meeting planner. And the meeting planner goes, wow, that's a lot of money, 45 minutes. Well, you didn't book me for 45 minutes. You booked me for an entire calendar day. So, you know, I'll do the keynote. How about in the afternoon, I do one of the uh, concurrent sessions. How about I do a breakout on on the books that I've co-written on men's mental health? So what you've done is rather than lower your fee, you've raised your value to the meeting planner, meaning she's got a keynote, she's paying for that, but she's also picking up an extra concurrent session. So that's one fewer speaker she has to book. So you've gone from an expensive keynoter to a really good bargain because you're covering two slots for one fee and travel. That's what I teach my, uh, you know, if you've got another offering, it's always suggest you have at least one other offering that ties in. Or a workshop or breakout of your current session,
0: right? And I'm seeing that, of course, as a booker, <laughs> a booking agency, I am seeing that that people are willing to pay for that as well. It's it's included, but that gives them a little edge into getting the fee that you'd like to get.
1: Yeah, now, and I make I make it funny, Sue. I say, "Look, you got me for the entire day." Uh, I'm, mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm yours. I, you know, I'll be happy to acid wash the pool at the hotel. I don't care. I'm yours all day. That's right. If
0: I'm here, why not? <laughs> you no,
1: know, I'm. I've emceed. I, I went to auctioneering college. I've done. You know, I've gone in and done their. You know, their, their fundraising auction. I've called the auction. Uh, you know, so I mean, there are other things. I got. Occasionally, they'll say, "I'll say, do you have a banquet?" Well, yeah. Do you have any entertainment? Well, no. Well. I can do 45 minutes of good, clean corporate comedy. You know, I was a comedian first.
0: That's exactly true. That's exactly true. So see, this is what people are looking for. They're looking for someone and different things. So thank you for giving that encouragement to yeah. show all those ideas because you've taken your experience first as a comedy writer. Yes, he mm-hmm. wrote comedy for Jay Little on The Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. Then you became a a comedian getting paid as a comedian Mm -hmm. and entertainer. And then you became the speaker on suicide prevention and mental health because you saw that need that you had and that you wanted to help others with. And now you have added another dimension to Frank King, that of being a speaker coach. Now, how did that all come about? Because I've seen you know, your, your path and your pattern, you went, when I first met you, you know, you've now gone to the big numbers of TEDx um, talks and now you're into speaker. How did that happen?
1: Well, I was, after I got my first four or five TEDx talks, people, speakers were calling me, Hey man, can you help me get a TEDx talk? So I said, sure. So a friend of mine is a business coach, we're chatting one day. She goes, Frank, I get the impression you're coaching people to get a TEDx for free and that's got to stop so i said okay so she helped me she had a friend who built websites he built me a website for tedx coaching and i started charging and then what i discovered sue was a lot of speakers want a tedx talk but you know what they want more make money speaking and let's circle back and get the tedx so i coach on how to make money speaking on cruises at colleges for corporations and associations and there are a lot of people out there well when I launched my LinkedIn newsletter in April, I thought, you know, a couple of dozen people would sign up. I've been averaging about 900 subscribers a month on LinkedIn. I've got 4,100 subscribers now because when I, when I went after connections on LinkedIn, I targeted, laser targeted anybody with the word speaker in their profile. So again, I believe the riches are in the niches. You know, don't look for just anybody. Look for your ideal client. In, in my case, it's speakers, coaches, authors are my ideal clients for... Coaching, speaking, or landing at TEDx. Wow.
0: Well, see, we're bringing the simpleness of this. The idea comes from when you put yourself out there. You know, you never know what happens. That's, that's fabulous. That's fabulous because you've got all the experience and a wealth of knowledge. And like I said, we're excited to see that end of it, too, because... I can tell you, as a bureau, we get lots of applications from speakers to get represented. Mm -hmm. And it's certainly, certainly great to see that I can have someone that can help them. Because as a bureau, that's not my job. You know, my bureau, my job is to get you booked, but you have to have all the elements that are needed to do that.
1: Well, and- you know, Sue. When I talk to my clients, and we start off very simply. Like, all right, tell me, to my my speaker coaching client, tell me, what is the one problem you want to solve? Because most speakers have a variety of topics. I said, no, no. What's the one? What's the one you're most passionate about? One, the one. What's the one one that makes your heart sing? What is that? Okay, now let's select four to six ideal clients who is willing to pay you to help them solve that problem. And again, the third question is, okay, now what associations? they belong to, so you can go fishing where the fish are. And I got to tell you, Sue, and you probably had this problem as well getting speakers to pick a lane, to narrow down their offerings, to become the thought leader or expert, because I think that's what the meeting planner is looking for. You know, back in the 90s when I started speaking, they would take a Jack or Jill of all trades, you know, with half a dozen keynotes. Nowadays, it seems they want to have, you know, and I have landing pages for each of my six ideal client groups, you know, mentalhealthcomedian.com forward slash construction. So when a meeting planner types in suicide prevention, speakers, construction, hopefully, you know, I come up somewhere high on Google. That's that's the beauty of picking a lane and picking ideal clients. I wish more speakers understood that.
0: I understand that. I had to learn that as a bureau mm. too. It applies to me as well. And uh, so that's that's interesting that that connection can be because we've worked hard at that, you know, so that's some of the things that are coming true. And then your website has to go along with that because you're right. You have to have everything connected to make that happen. So we are working diligently, aren't we, Lisa, on those information to make sure people know what we do.
1: Well, and I have two websites, Sue. One is uh, the Suicide Prevention Speaker and Trainer. And then the make money speaking website. But if you go to the suicide prevention speaker and training, you would never know that I coach on TEDx and make money speaking. And if you go to the make money speaking site, you wouldn't know that I speak on suicide prevention. I think you need, wh- wherever the person lands, they need to see what they're looking for. You know, and if they're looking for a suicide prevention speaker, they're not looking for making money speaking or getting a TEDx talk. So I think you need to, you know, You'd be very clear and singular in your approach.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Well now, Frank, you said you shared so much. I look, this is fabulous. We love it. Now looking back, Frank, what is it that makes you smile about where you are today?
1: Well, <laughs> you know, Sue that that um, depression and suicide run in my family. Grandmother died by suicide. Mother found her. My great aunt died by suicide. My mother and I found her. I was four years old. I screamed for days. And if you're already hardwired for depression and suicide, the chances you'll seriously consider it later in life go up. And that's what happened. April 2010. After Chapter Seven bankruptcy, um, lost everything. My was you know was devastating. My wife. That's when I learned what the barrel of my gun tasted like. Literally. Um, spoiler alert for the audience. I did not pull the trigger. Um, yeah. A friend of mine came up after a keynote recently. Hey man, I got be didn't pull the trigger. I'm like, Hey man, could you try to sound slightly less disappointed? So that, that by the way, is where the humor is not jokes. There's nothing to joke about with depression, suicide, but there are funny personal anecdotes. What makes me smile as too is that I came so close. I didn't figure out what I was supposed to be doing with my life until I came within a three pound trigger pull of ending it. I mean, that's that's a little close for you know, a little too close for comfort.
0: Wow, I'm so glad where you're at today, and they do <laughs> share that with others, though. And you're right. People will say, "Sue, why would he want to have fun with this?" And I said, "Because I know the medicine." that laughter brings and that comedy brings in our life
1: it's a difficult topic sue the the personal funny anecdotes organic relatable and tasteful it helps people digest a very serious topic and really you know about 95 percent of the people i work for the clients i work for all they almost always say look we just brought you in here to start the conversation because what i discovered sue was even though one person dies every nine minutes in the u.s every 40 seconds worldwide by suicide, hardly anybody talks about it unless you bring it up and then almost everybody has a story. And that's why they bring me in is just, just to begin the conversation, give people permission to give their, you know, give voice to their feelings and experiences, because if we can drag it out in the sunlight, reduce the stigma, we could probably save lives.
0: Exactly. And that's, that's what it's all about is in anything you know, is to help people and impact them so they can make changes like you have. And that yeah. that's the key here that, that works. And you've got a famous quote that I published yesterday. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to remember it because I didn't write it down for this morning.
1: Is it this one, Sue? The right person at the right time with the right information can save a life? Is that the one?
0: That's one of them, but that's not the one I picked yesterday because it was about laughter. And Oh, I, I
1: know. I talk about, yeah, says so that um, I believe where there's humor, there is hope. Where there is laughter, there is life. That nobody really dies laughing.
0: Yes, that's it. That's it. And it impacted me when I saw it. And I'm like, wow. And look, when I put it out there, Frank, that post got lots of lots of looks and comments. So I know that it reached people. That's what I tell people and tell our speakers. Don't be quoting somebody else. (laughs) Someone who's dead. Why not quote the quotes you come up with
1: yes i i agree and i um and you know that's when i started comedy sue day after christmas 1985 um i had been in insurance i'd seen all the great motivational speakers back in the days Zig Ziglar, brian tracy i thought you know i could do that if i just had something to teach somebody it wasn't until i came very close to ending my life that i realized hold on i do have something to teach because my goal had always been sue from that first moment make a living and a difference
0: And that's what all of our goals should be.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: Now, in closing, Frank, can you believe 30 minutes just goes, I wish we had another one. And I'm sure people would stay with us. But guess what? We're going to have to cut this off. But in closing, Frank, what are you going to do today to be remarkable?
1: Well, my goal every day, Sue, is to save at least one life a day. And, and here's why that's possible because eight out of 10 people who are suicidal are ambivalent and nine out of 10 give hints in the last week leading up to an attempt, which means you can make a difference. You can save a life and you can do it by doing something as simple as what you and I are doing here right now. And that is starting a conversation.
0: Exactly. Cause you never know where people are. No. Ask, Hey, you okay? Yeah. If someone comes to mind, you, can, yeah. you know, contact them because you never know. Listen, you see it and you can do it. Thank you for sharing that. Frank. Sure. That That's fabulous. This was just amazing. Just like I knew it would be. And to our audience out there, we challenge you. What are you going to do today to be remarkable? We'd love to hear it. Put it in the chat or comments to us because we want to share with you not only how our talent is remarkable, but we want to help you be remarkable too. And again, thank you for joining us, Frank, and we will have you back. And everyone, we hope you will come back next Friday, October 20th. Man, October's flying away, isn't it? Okay. Where our featured guest will be the award-winning corporate business humorous speaker, MC author and nationally syndicated humor columnist King of the Hill in the world of Co- corporate comedy that's published by the Chicago Tribune, Greg Schwimm. Oh, I know Greg. Yeah. That's it. It was not planned that these would be back to back, but Hey, it just, cause we do it by schedules and look, Our talent gets busy, so they have to give us the minutes they can, so we take them, (laughs) all right? So Greg will be here, and you've also seen him. He is creator and host of The Travel Show, A Comedian, Crashes Your Pad, which is on Roku and Amazon and Apple TV. He's just fun, and he will share with us. If laughter is healthy, why aren't we all okay? Join us for a fun conversation and be here next week, same time, right where you came. We'd love to have you. And you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Now, we are doing our best. That is one of the social media outlets that it's hard to build an audience there, subscriptions. It's one of the challenges, but we're learning. You know, we had to understand how it works, it's just a little different. So we would appreciate your help and subscribing to us because then you won't miss an episode of Simply Remarkable. And also you can go back and see all the past episodes, just in case you miss something Frank said today, you have a place to go back and see it. And also all the videos of our talent that we represent at Remarkable Speakers Bureau are there. So, you can see them in action.
1: Sue, would you like to close this out as a comedian would? Sure. Yes, do us a favor. If you enjoyed this show, please like, review, and subscribe. And tell your friends. If you didn't enjoy this presentation, we hope you have no friends.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. That was the perfect ending. And... We hope you have a remarkable ball football weekend, and we will see you here next week. Hi, Frank. Thank you so much.
1: Hi. You're welcome.